0: what's up everybody welcome to the built different podcast our mission to spark hope encouragement and motivation in and through your life today i'll be your host zach clinton let's roll what's going on everybody i hope and pray you guys are having a blessed start to the week and ready to get filled up with some exciting stuff today Guys, today's episode is going to be built around three of my favorite things to talk about, sports, psychology, and faith. More specifically, though, a lot of what we dive into in this show is how we as individuals can spark and create mental toughness and resilience within our own personal lives, and really what that even looks like. Our guest today, man, he's a fierce competitor, and he has a heart and a passion for both sports psychology and the Lord. His name is Mr. Jason Hopper. Jason is already an incredibly established CrossFit athlete worldwide, but you can tell in and through this episode while listening that this dude has no ceiling. I'm telling you, the sky is the limit for this guy, and I cannot wait to continue to watch and hear about some of the incredible things that the Lord is going to continually do in and through his life. One quick point, though, that I want to make and open up with is a point that we get to actually toward the end of the show, where we start to tie in our faith and what this whole mental toughness idea and the word that gets brought up a lot there is the word of acceptance. And at the end of the day, my friends, acceptance is ultimately what we all desire. I challenge you guys, never lose sight of who you are and what you do. I know we live in a world and a culture that preaches independence and that go get it or go earn it mentality. But my friends, the freedom in Christ and the freedom in Jesus' name is just embracing and holding on to the truth that is found in knowing that his love and his grace and his forgiveness and his acceptance is something that we could never earn because he doesn't ask us to. My friend, he doesn't demand more of you. He simply asks for all of you. You know why? Because you are already more than enough. Rest in that truth today. And as you listen to this entire interview with our new friend, Mr. Jason Hopper. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today, man. You're welcome, Glad. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. What a blessing and an opportunity it is to sit down with you, to pick your brain, to learn more of your heart, your story, and your testimony. But shoot, before we begin, we got to give a big shout out to our friend, Mr. (laughs) Daniel Davis. Man, what a blessing he is, not only in both of our lives, but in countless others. We love you, Daniel. But Jason. He's the man. Dude, we got a lot to cover today. Um, I've been looking forward to this interview. I have a heart and a passion for athletics, for elite performance. I love studying the mind and really just diving into sports psychology, living in that lane, and what helps people perform at their very best when it matters most. And what people need to understand and what we'll get into through this episode is that it's not just about physical fitness or the physical health, right? You're an elite CrossFit athlete, but man, it has so much more to do with that. The mental, the relational, the spiritual health as well. So Jason, just to begin, before we dive into all of that and unpack it, dude, how did you even get into the sport? For a listener out there that doesn't know your story, like what is it that made you fall in love with it?
1: Yeah, man. So... At a very young age, I grew up playing sports. You know, I grew up in the, a sports household. Yeah. My brother played uh, some college ball at South Carolina hmm. when they won the World Series, and he's nine years older than me. And so yeah, I'm young and just watching my brother, you know, do his thing. Hmm. And, you know, I'm following him and trying to be like him. Um, and just so grew up super competitive. Yeah. You know. Um yeah. everybody was like, hey, like, are you gonna be like your brother? You know, so I had this like, you know, burden on me already as a
0: Yeah, target middle, on middle your school. back kinda. Yeah, <laughs> uh
1: middle school boy. Uh and so I just love sports. I love competing. I, I at a very young age I loved I love I hated losing more than I love winning. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. put that into words um at that age. Yeah. But looking back, I, I had that and so um I just wanted to be good. I wanted to be the best at everything, Um, whether it was playing video games or um, (laughs) playing sports or whatever it was, you know. Uh, And so as I got older and older, I got to high school and played baseball and football in high school. And then I decided to choose one, so I went with football. Hmm. And at that that age, uh, the idea of, like, wanting to play in the NFL, you know, like, everybody thought that was like a everybody had the dream of playing the nfl That's and nlb right. like a elementary kid right. um but i carried that on through like high school yeah um to the point where people were like okay now you're like it's, it's you're insane like you're not gonna do that <laughs> um and i was playing i was i was a receiver so yeah you know you don't see me too many white receivers you know right um and so i grew up in that that pipeline and I had, like I said, like I had a chip on my shoulder. Like I was playing, I was I wasn't the fastest kid, right? You know, and so I didn't jump the highest, hmm. but I made sure I was going to control the the controllables, and and so I made sure I was running routes every single day, hmm. um, and I was made I made sure that I was the first one done with every single gasser or hmm. one twenty that we did against the whole team, and I was the first one in, first one out, hmm. um, and I was going to make sure I had the the best hands on the team. So just controlling what I could control, you know? Yeah. Um, and so kind of carried that through, um, all the way to the end of high school, I got the opportunity to play football at Clemson. Hmm. And then, um, once I got to Clemson, I kind of got here, started hearing about CrossFit, you know, yeah. and this idea of like still competing and I, and I love football. Um, and so there was a lot of things that went on in my time at Clemson I kind of took away the the love of the game for me, right? And I was doing CrossFit. I had to take a year off to play football at Clemson. So I did CrossFit to train for mm. Clemson, and so this new sport came into my life. And, right. and so now I was like I did it to train, and so like I went to the gym, uh, first CrossFit gym, and I got beat by somebody in a workout, mm. and I had no idea. I had no idea how to do CrossFit. Like right. I was. I was an idiot out in there. Um, <laughs> and this like idea of like competing while you're working out,
2: mm.
1: like the, the only, the only, like the only time I would compete in working out would be when you're, I'm doing like gassers in high school, you right. know, like you never, you didn't really bench and like compete, you know, right. I nothing not, like not for time, at least, nothing like that. Um, it was all like strength training. And mm. so now we're doing, now I'm in this CrossFit gym and we're doing like deadlift for time. Mm. And I'm like, dude, I love this. I'm getting beat by like older people, <laughs> you know. So it's like super humbling, right? Um, and it was like, it was just amazing. It was, it was competition, and mm. I love competition. Like I had that, that, that drive. Uh, and so once I got to playing football at Clemson, like I jumped straight back into CrossFit. Mm. And I've always been a big dreamer. I've always been pretty eager to to go chase things, and so. You know, watched all the CrossFit documentaries, watched Fritz Froning and Matt Fraser. Do oh, it yeah. And I was like, dude, I want to be the fittest man on earth. Sign you know? me up. <laughs> sign me up. And so, started to get into work. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd say I started CrossFit about uh, four or five years ago. Mm. Um, played football at Clemson, which took a whole year off from CrossFit. And then I just got back into it in about 2009. But man. essentially, I've been doing the the movements. Yeah. Since you know middle school
0: man it's crazy to hear that because you've already made such an amazing like spark and jump to the scene of the crossfit world man i mean i've looked you up i've seen all the different things that they've written about you all the different interviews all the different (laughs) workouts that you're doing man it's crazy to see but it all comes down to this inner sense of the competitiveness that you mm-hmm. have. I'm, I'm like you, right? So I played baseball in college and I was not the most talented by any means. I did not throw all the right. hardest. I didn't have the best stuff, the sharpest stuff. But dude, I'm telling you, I had that inner drive too where it was like, throw anybody in the, in the world in the batter's <laughs> box and I'm gonna go yeah. right at him. I don't care, you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. go. That's that competitive will to win. And what uh-huh. I wanna dive into for a second is something I think is so difficult for people To understand whether it's physical, right? Or whether that the entire umbrella of the holistic health, no matter what lane it is in life, is that commitment? Yeah, it's great. It's where we begin. But consistency is then how we get the job done and finish what we initially started. For elite athletes like yourself, personal discipline, structure, Patterns, they're all necessary, right, to help sustain that consistency. But also, research has shown, neuroscience research has shown that you can get into almost mental ruts where you settle for less than your best or you settle for comfort, complacency. I was watching an interview the other day with Michael Jordan when he was in his prime, right? And so he's in his prime. The guy asked him, he said, Dude, what is it that makes you the best above everybody else? And he's saying, You want to know what it is? This is what his words. He said, every day I demand more from myself than anyone else could possibly expect. I don't compete with other people. I compete with what I'm capable of. Jason, yeah. for you, man, how are you able to not get lost in that mental rut, even in the goodness of the, of the structure and the habits of day-to-day life, but how do you push yourself beyond those capabilities and limits that you, we all have?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, for me, it's, It's just trying to constantly ask myself, "What's my next gear?" Hmm. You know, Um, just kind of like in the same vein of your the Michael Jordan quote. It's it's not I'm I'm not waking up thinking about winning the CrossFit Games every day. You know, I'm not waking up thinking about results that I can't control. Mm -hmm. That's it's not tangible. You know, for me, it's I wake up every single day trying to figure out how i can reach my maximum maximum potential for Mm. today Um, how can i sacrifice how can i pay attention to the details how Mm. can i be a professional how can i tap into more pain in a workout how can i eat enough you know how can i be serious enough like all these questions i have to ask myself every every day Mm. um to leverage Mm -hmm. that and so for me it's hey, like, what is my next gear? Yeah. You know, like, as you say, like, habits are good, but I don't think about habits as much. I think about, like, what do I need to do every day Mm. to get me to where I want to go? Yes, I want to be the fittest man on earth. Right. But I'm thinking about the little details, the things that I am able to touch with my finger every Mm. single day to get me to that place. Uh, And so for me, I'm, I'm always asking myself, like, what? Like I can always give more. Any anybody can give more. Yeah, you know. Like I can always sacrifice a little bit more. I can mm-hmm. always risk a little bit more. I can mm-hmm. always attack a workout a little bit harder. I can always, um, I can always just pay attention more to details. Yeah. And so, always constantly asking myself, like pushing myself forward how much room do i have to continue to push forward mm. um and i think it like i think it's a big self-awareness thing if you don't have self-awareness of where you're at in life and where you're currently at like physically mentally spiritually then it's hard to figure out the the changes that you need to mm. make to go forward you know and so yeah. for me i'm always like evaluating myself evaluating my mm. profession evaluating how how much am i eating how much am i how how much am i drinking per day mm. to stay hydrated how much time am I warming up a day? Because if you're not warming up every day, then you're not serious about the sport. Mm. Um, so I'm asked constantly asking myself questions that I'm like able to put like answers to to evaluate like myself and and how serious I am about mm. this sport. Um, and so just constantly trying to figure out the next gear. And I think it's it's not an overnight thing. It's it's an evolution for sure. Yeah. Uh, like i can attack this thing for six months and then like after six months be like okay like last six months were amazing but i can always do more what what, mm-hmm. what, what more can i give and so that's right yeah just tapping into the next gear trying to find it
0: mm, that's great man because like you're saying the sacrifice right of just giving more that's so much worth it as compared to the sacrifice of regret. Oh my gosh, the pain yep. of regret is something that a competitor's mindset, you can't go to bed at night without giving right. it everything you got. And I like what you're saying about evaluation and self-awareness. I was reading in a research article the other day about elite performers, and they were really talking about they're very long-term oriented, but the reason that they're long-term oriented the and way, the way that they can accomplish those goals is by having short-term goals right. every single day. And that's what you're saying. Competing against yourself, whether it's the weight room, whether it's nutritionally, whether it's sleeping habits, all of these different things stack up and the 1%s begin to add up, right? It's like walking up steps. You get to the top by just small steps one day at a time. Man, being an elite athlete, I think you'd agree with the understanding that our mental health or the mental war, Jason, is just as or it's greater than the physical war of any event you're going up against in a CrossFit Games. You know, one thing I want to dive into here for a second is just your perspective of failure. Because, man, this, listen to this thing. Research has found that failure is one of life's most common traumas, okay? Yet people respond to it in a drastic amount of ways. Oftentimes failures, what it does is it turns our minds into scrambled eggs. It throws us completely off focus. We completely forget what it is that we started out to do in the first place. And we start this stinking thinking is what we call in the psychology realm. We get stuck there, right? We get held hostage in it. And there's this thing called implicit memory, which is where our brain then literally takes us back to that very moment of trauma or failure. We start to see it. We start to hear things again. We start to experience it as if it were all happening all over again. So, Jason, what is your perspective on failure? But also, how are you able to not get attached or defined by it? Or how are you not held hostage by failure itself?
1: And another good question. Uh, failure is such a negative term. Yeah, you know? um, I try to keep it out my keep it out of my vocabulary, really as much as possible, mm. uh, because at the end of the day, if you like, it just it creates scars, you know. Like yeah. you're saying, like if I just, oh, I failed at this, you know, then I'm bringing this into the next, the next moment, yeah. you know, um, and it just leaves scars. And so, I feel like failure is only, only productive if it's, you know, if it's the result of the right effort. Hmm. And so, like if I went and hmm. tried to walk on walk on water, you know, yeah, and I failed you know, that's not very productive. Right. But if I, you know, I just came in 11th at the, at a competition. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to podium, but the right effort was there, Hmm. you know? Um, And we have to start seeing events for me. I, I, the way I view failure is we only, we have to start seeing events in the, in the process instead of isolation. That's right. And so, like I said, I just finished eleventh in Miami in a competition that I wanted to podium at. Hmm. Did I fail? I only failed at that competition if I see it in and of itself in isolation from it from the process. Right. But if I see that as a part of the process to mm-hmm. where I want to go, then no, I didn't fail. That's right. It was just a step. It was like Thomas Edison when he when he created the light bulb, he said, um, hmm someone asked him about his like the success and he said the light bulb wasn't created uh like i didn't i didn't fall i didn't fail a thousand times yeah the light bulb was created with a thousand steps
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so like i am constantly like stepping and mm-hmm. though steps are harder than others and though i experience moments that are i didn't podium here oh i made a mistake here those are all part of the an, an effort and a mm-hmm. step to get to where i'm ultimately trying to go mm-hmm. Uh, And so when I do step on the floor at the next competition, I'm not bringing in that failure or that last event. I only bring in that failure if I, again, was viewing that in isolation. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, um, just trying to constantly see uh, the bigger picture. Right. at the end of the day, I'm, you're not it's not a, you're not a, no one can be an overnight success, you know. Amen. It just takes time and putting one foot forward or the, over the other and it's all a learning process and so mm. yeah, man.
0: That's great. It's not the thoughts that truly matter, it's the thoughts that we attach to right? So we don't actually have to believe everything that we think. Some people, when they start believing these thoughts of negativity, when it comes to failure, like you said, and they start to isolate themselves, that's when they get attached to it. And it's like, okay, I failed, so I must be a failure. And that's when it can get really negative and really hard on life. My dad always said, you never fail, you either win or you learn. Right and that's MJ, exactly right. MJ, just like Edison, he always talked about. You know, countless times did my teammates entrust me with taking the game-winning shot, and countless times I missed and I failed. But that's exactly right. why I succeed. And whenever, so I
1: whenever, think, whenever I lose, yeah, uh, to some 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 buddies and some whatever it may be, yeah, I'm around a bunch of friends that like to talk crap, and so <laughs> whenever they beat me in something, um I always tell them I, I turn all L's into
0: lessons. <laughs> <laughs> That's good right there. Oh, yeah. Shoot, Somebody need to hear that today. I turn all <laughs> L's into lessons. <laughs> I love it, man. Next thing kind of on the dock as we continue down this holistic health journey is just one's need and desire for an increased relational health. You know, I'm working through Harvard Business Review's 10 must-reads on mental toughness, and when we're talking about elite performance, finding our peak potential, developing what we all desire in every area of life, which is ultimately resiliency, we must remember that we were made by a God who gave us this innate desire to love and be loved, right? We all were made and built for a relationship. My dad also always told me growing up, man, he said that the antidote to trauma Is healthy relationships So pressing in So that makes isolation then Our greatest enemy And our greatest weakness So Jason help us understand How you just are able to press into And see the significance And the meaning of the relationships That God has placed in your very life Your wife, your family, your friends And ultimately to help grow you And change you And hold you accountable And mold you into the best version of yourself Each and every day
1: Yeah I love how you bring up you know the lord in this you know like yeah. i think for us to understand the weight of relationships when it comes to this is understanding the weight of it in 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 god's terms god is triune you know like god is father son holy spirit so they all operate together hmm. in order to to make all their purposes you know come come, come complete yeah and none of the the salvation history could have could have happened you know without the others like yeah got the, the, there had to be a father there had to be a son there had to be a holy spirit in order for all it all to to come to pass and so relationships are are absolutely crucial mm. when it comes to you know trying to get my goals you know yeah trying to fulfill my purposes in life and so my wife is holds me accountable mm. um in ways that are i'm so thankful for yeah. um like she is my best friend. Um, but you know, when I'm step out of line and start losing or getting my priorities out of line, then yeah. she's the first person to, to make sure that <laughs> I know it. Um, and, but she also like, Hey, like she also reminds me that I'm here on earth to be one, a man of God and to a great husband right. before anything else. Mm-hmm. And so she's always reminding me of that. And without her, there's a good chance I that that gets a little blurry for me yeah. you know without her constantly reminding me of that that good chance I get a little distracted and and mm. prioritize you know crossfit over things and this just won't be healthy That's so right. I have an amazing wife I have uh, best friends in my life who mm. work at churches pa- they're pastors I got best friends who aren't pastors who are you know holding me accountable to making sure that I'm you know prioritizing them over over sport Hmm. you know um because at the end of the day crossfit is is here today um maybe for another 10 years max right you know but my friends are here to last forever Mm -hmm. um and so then i have great coaches to to hold me accountable to you know the the goals i have set in in the sport itself (laughs) and Hmm. so without them it's it's easy for me to you know one person always told me was I don't have eyes in the back of my head Hmm. and so I need other people around me to to see those things that I can't see and so just all these people in my life help me with that and so yeah Hmm. man it it takes a village it takes a village And, and, and I would not be the man I am today Uh, without a village and I wouldn't be the the athlete I am today without a village.
0: Mm. Surrounding yourself with just the right people that will uplift you, bring you up, hold you accountable, press into you, push you. I mean, it's all necessary, like you said, to honestly fulfill the calling that God has placed on all of our lives. Relationships are necessary. And that's what I want to dive into for a second is the most important relationship of all as you and I both know, something I've mentioned on the podcast several times is that we can't view this faith walk, right? Christianity as just a religion. That's not what it is. It's more so this personal and intimate relationship with God. And I think the beautiful thing about God is that he meets us exactly where we're at. And so something that I am just very excited about hearing today is, man, Jason, where did God initially meet you?
1: Yeah, so I... uh kind of i'm in the south so i grew up in the bible belt oh yeah oh yeah Shame. Uh, so it wasn't easy it was easy it was pretty easy to to wander myself into a church mm. i grew up in church um, but things just never clicked um and i went to a, a youth ministry in high school and it was pretty pretty big but i was just going to hang out yeah. hang out with girls you know <laughs> I only cared about sports and girls at the time uh, <laughs> pretty lost stuck in my own sense um, yeah. doing things that wasn't supposed to be doing hmm. and then I mean over a three-year course in high school I mean this got pretty old yeah you know like I was one of the best players on the team I was getting I, I was getting um, scholarship offers hmm. I was you know hanging out with the, the prettiest girls in the school like all these things were like there and right. it just, I've always just, it was, there was always something missing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept going to this youth ministry uh, to hang out. And then one day, uh, for me, things just started to click. You know, the mm-hmm. Lord literally opened my eyes um, and mm-hmm. had a lot of people in my life that I met at that church
2: yeah.
1: just steered me in the right direction. And it wasn't like a, a one night thing, it wasn't like an altar call and all of a sudden like um my life right. has changed it was a process you know That's you're right. talking about a it is an 18 year old boy mm-hmm. you know starting to to figure out what what the true meaning of life is mm. uh, and so even when i did like begin to tap into this whole like follow the lord thing i, I was still making the same mistakes yeah now at this point it was the, the only difference was I'm trying to stop myself from making these mistakes. <laughs> That's
0: right. The <laughs> convictions.
1: So, the convictions, yeah. Um, and so uh, high school I um, had a lot of people just start speaking truth over me for mm. the first time. And I started going to a small group. And I started going to not only youth ministry, but I started showing up on Sundays. Yeah. Um, and I started seeing um, older adults worship mm. and, and how— and the, just the, the truth was revealed to me and and i started tapping into it and i just realized that this was the way of life you know mm. this was the actually this is this is what actually satisfies my soul Amen. you know like i don't have to keep on running to anything like i could stop right here um mm. uh, and my thirst is quenched mm. um and so high school man it was a life-changing experience and and i just kept tapping into it through college and yeah. and yeah man
0: I love hearing that because like you said, man, that relationship, that is ultimately what brings us fulfillment and right. what satisfies our soul. We're always reaching for something, right? We can reach for whatever that is. Worldly things, though, it may satisfy for a second, but ultimately it's not going to bring us what we truly want. You know, just being real honest with you as we dive into this next question, something that I still struggle with, but I always struggled with, you know, made a, bad, a lot of bad decisions ultimately around because I am a perfectionist, man. You know what I mean? Like I am always seeking approval. So I'll do whatever it takes uh, to be accepted by somebody. That was really my mantra in high school, right? I loved it. I loved that attention piece. Um, and then I was very performance-based, result-driven. I had that mindset playing baseball, playing multiple sports throughout high school, and then playing baseball in college. You know, I was a competitor. So I would do whatever it took, just like you, to win, right? Whatever, <laughs> whatever that looked like. But when I wasn't winning, When I wasn't winning and when I felt like that crowd really wasn't applauding anymore, and that's when it got really hard for me and it got really dark and the silence on Peace Almost grew deafening. You know, I tell a story that I was actually counseling a professional athlete not too long ago and, you know, he just got done with this super long playing career. He looks me in the eyes with tears in his eyes. He says, brother, what am I going to do, Zach, now that the crowd went silent? Mm -hmm. He said, I miss it. And I asked him, I looked him in the eye, I said, what do you miss, you know, the most? And he said two words. He said, I miss the noise. That's what I miss the most, the noise. And so, man, when you are just living for that sound, right, and when that's gone, it's easy to get really lost and get really broken, feel forgotten, feel neglected, feel hurt. But I read some the other day that said, when all you seek is others' approval, you become held captive to those who applaud, Right? I'm a firm believer, Jason, that when we give and turn our lives over to Jesus, though, we can find freedom and understanding that his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his acceptance, his intimacy, that is something that we could never earn. And that's because he never asked us to earn it. So, man, I guess my question is this. How are you continuing to grow in a relationship with God? How are you continuing to not live for the applause of others, but instead living for the applause of nail-scarred hands?
1: yeah man it's way harder easier said than done for yeah. sure you know um i'm the same way grew up in a very performance driven household Like, grew up like yeah. i said behind my brother's shoes following him you know for me it was grew up i could have hit three home runs in a game but yeah. struck out and the question was well why do you why'd you strike out you mm-hmm. know could have threw a no hitter why'd you walk the guy you know (laughs) it's so it was you know i grew up with that and so even after i met the lord you know like i said it was it's it's a it's a constant renewal of the mind yeah you know it's constantly trying to just rest assured that Mm. christ is my identity now
0: amen
1: you know like i am beloved Mm. and i'm loved by him completely and Nothing can change that. Nothing. I could quit CrossFit right now and I would be loved the same, Mm. you know? And so constantly, constantly reminding myself of that when there are days that are tough, like Mm. if things don't go well, you know, it's easy to quickly go to that mindset of, well, no one likes me anymore or no one believes in me or anymore, or, um, just it's instantly, you you instantly go to those insecurities. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's a constant battle, man. To 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 go to the Lord and mm. and just be held by Him and, and right. be secured, you know. That's right. And only when you do that can you operate in freedom, mm. you know. Only mm. when you can do that can you do the things that you do with with joy and and love and and satisfaction. Um, other than that, then if you don't do it, then you're constantly going to be you know trying to the win win the approval of of others and at the end of the day that's an endless road and you know it's it's hard and so it is yeah man
0: we can never do enough down that road but i think of the words (laughs) of isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 right fear not For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fires, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's the beautiful thing about God is that even in our most painful moments, he never promises the absence of pain, but he promises the presence of God in the midst of our pain. That's the beautiful thing. Jason, man, as we depart, Daniel told me, man, he's like, dude, this Jason guy, he's a low key theologian. So I have to leave the door open for you, brother, just to be able to oh, share goodness. with us maybe something that God has been teaching you here recently or that He's placed on your heart specifically, just for the listener out there who's grown very weary, um, who maybe is feeling like their back's pressed against the wall, a lot of pressure. Uh, they don't know which way to turn anymore, man, and they're going through a tough season. What What would you share with us that God has really instilled within you um, today that would just breathe some hope, encouragement, and motivation into our lives?
1: Yeah, man. I wouldn't say I'm a, a theologian, though. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: okay. That's what Daniel said. <laughs> Dan, Daniel, has, Daniel exaggerates
1: a little bit. Uh, something I've been learning, man, uh, and something that the Lord is, constantly been speaking you know over my life and my family's life is that um everything is his
2: mm.
1: everything you know yeah. and well if we think about this in and, and and the big idea that creation is his yeah and i am his mm. but if we dive deeper into that then everything that i am everything that mm. my life is consisted of every aspect of my life is his as well And so this means my every penny in my bank account is his Mm. to the $5 to the million dollars. You know, every career opportunity is his. Mm. So my, for me, my CrossFit career, all, all is all in his hands. Mm. Every event I do, um, every competition I go to, every result is his, Mm. um, everything, every sponsorship deal I get, it's all his, uh, I'm his, my relationships are his, all my friends are his, my marriage is his. That's right. Um and so when I understand this, then if everything is his, mm. then my job and my role in all this is just to steward it well. That's right. And to be the best person I can be with those things. Mm. Um and so many people are walking around with clenched fists with the things that they have. Uh and so when I think of this truth to It just loosens everything up Mm. you know it just loosens the grip and so like i don't have to take my life so serious you know i don't have to be so serious about life and 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 be so insecure sometimes when things Mm. don't go my way like everything in my life is for my own good for Mm. my own benefit and it's all a gift and if we view it any other way than that we'll just walk around constantly with clenched Mm fists and not rarely and rarely enjoy it quite frankly. Um, And so God's been teaching me, man, to, to understand that everything is his, uh, everything, all the things I just named and listed, Mm -hmm. and it has been able to position me in a way to enjoy it, you know? And so I would encourage anyone out there um, to, to look at their lives and everything that they quote unquote own or manage or have in their life. And, One, understand that it's not yours. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be taken away at any single moment and and it's out of your control. And if it's out of your control, then it was never yours, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, I leave the the results of every aspect of my life up to the Lord. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to be the best husband I can be. um, And the results of that is up to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be the... The best crossfit athlete i could be and the results of that is up to him i want to be the the best friend i can be to the the friends around me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know i don't control the outcome of those things and so um i think if we all just let the results be what they be um at the end of the day god is sovereign um mm-hmm. he's completely wise um and he's providential and if i let all those things you know run their own course and do everything i can to relax and enjoy life to the, my grace ability and you know just do my best in every aspect then at the end of the day everything will be taken care of amen so. man
0: everything is his i think that's a great word for any listener out there to really reflect on what are you trying to hold tight in your grasp right what are you white knuckling and like jason said loosen your grip live in a posture of surrender and give it all over to god because it's easy I know we all want control. That's what we ultimately desire. But when you let go of control and give control over to the one who is ultimately meant to be in control, it's a beautiful right. and a very freeing thing. Jason, when's the next competition? How can we be praying for you, man?
1: Uh, that um, The season is um, about to start up again in the end of February. Uh, there's some quarterfinal or qualifying things that have to take place. And then the semifinals uh, to get to the CrossFit Games is your first first in person competition yeah. that happens at the i want to say end of may okay um, and then the crossfit games happen in first week of august and so just be praying for um, a healthy season uh, yeah. and strength you know
0: absolutely man we'll definitely be praying for you i want all the built different family and community and of of listeners really to be praying alongside of me for jason for his wife for all that you're doing man and i know god has called you for such a time as this he's just going to continue to pour in and through your life into countless others so we just thank you so much for what you do jason i can't thank you enough man for your willingness to come alongside and join us on the show just pouring out your heart and your testimony you're a blessing my friend seriously really appreciate you Thanks for having me. God bless you. Absolutely. Man, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I'm telling you, these are some of my favorite things to just dive through. Like I said, sports, psychology, just faith, the whole mental toughness aspect. What I want to do is kind of highlight for a second some of the things that we talked about and it's all found around this idea of what is mental toughness. I'm reading a Harvard Business Review's 10 must reads on the subject of mental toughness and what they bring up is they say this, those that are mentally tough, right? Those that are pushing themselves to new heights. It's the very things that we just talked about with Jason. The first thing is you have to love the pressure. So that really, to me, how I dumb that down and simple that down is this, that it's all about perspective right? When we go through trying times, when we go through difficult seasons, when it feels like the pressure's turned up, instead, how you perceive what you do will ultimately, or how you view what you do, I should say, is ultimately how you will do what you do, right? So if you view it as a gift, if you view pressure as a privilege, oh my goodness, you will thrive in that environment. And all of a sudden, you'll become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. The second thing is that it says elite performers or athletes, whatever you are in life, even Christians in our faith walk, fixate on the long-term, right? Have a long-term goal in mind, understand where you want to be, have a greater purpose. What's your why? And then along trying to attain that long-term goal, we have to then Set up these short-term measurable goals to let us know that we're actually going and moving in the right direction. The third thing, right? Use competition. In other words, surround yourself. With attachment, healthy, secure attachment, as in people that are going to uplift you, that are going to build you up, that are going to encourage you, which literally means to give courage to, that are going to love on you, but also that are going to push you, challenge you, tell you when you're in the wrong, right? Sometimes they need to tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. So surround yourself with a good core group of people. Next thing. Reinvent yourself. What's that mean, Zach? Reinventing yourself means when you've created that change in your life, when you're moving in the right direction, you have never arrived. Let me say it again. You never arrive. You have to be process driven and not result driven. In other words, even if I just won that MVP, even if I just got that pay raise, even if I just got the promotion, whatever it looks like in your own personal life, continue to adapt continue to change, continue to spark resilience, and continue to reinvent yourself for the next challenge, for the next thing that will come your way in life. Hard times are going to come no matter where you're at, no matter what position you're in. So continually reinventing yourself and strengthening yourself in and through. The last thing that I really want to point out is celebrate. Man, celebrate the victories in your life. My dad always says, work hard, But then play hard, right? If you don't know how to play hard, I tell you something, you will get burnout so, so quickly. So when you're going through the ringer in life, when you're pushing yourself, yeah, it's incredible, right? It's great. I understand some people, they're pushing themselves so hard that it's like an obsession, but don't get overly obsessed with it. And finally, find your acceptance in and through God. Because like I said, to begin the episode and like what was said and shared all throughout the midst of the episode, his love and his forgiveness and his grace is something that we could never earn. He even mentions it in Genesis. We're not good because we make ourselves good or because we do good or because we earn that title. No, we're good because he calls us good. So therefore, do not get lost in what you do, right? Always remember who you are in and through the name of Jesus. My friends, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you next time on the Built Different Podcast.